Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell to talk about the Thursday, November 2nd, NHL Daily Fantasy Slate. DJ, we are discussing this on Wednesday night. A nice little birthday gift from the Buffalo Sabres, getting completely outclassed um, by the Philadelphia Flyers of all teams, but coming away with a victory. So DJ, how was your birthday and are you ready for Thursday night? Yeah, no, it, it was good. Um, I feel like I spent the entire month of October celebrating uh, leading up to my my 29th, my Jason Palmerville birthday. And I was very happy to just relax. Um, my, I, I kind of like jokingly told my girlfriend I wanted, I didn't want cake. I wanted bananas foster. And there's a long story behind that. Um, it's really not that long. It's just, I'm not going to tell it unless if you really want me to. Um, and she did. So... <laughs> You know, at this point, so many people are curious. Just tell the story. Okay, so freshman year at Pond Adventure, I had a very vivid memory. I think they, what they call they call this the Mandela effect of Bananas Foster being at our dining hall, which makes absolutely no sense. But I was 100% convinced, and every one of my friends made fun of me a lot about it for not a long time, but at one point. And it came up again recently at a wedding, and like everyone there was like, I remember that. They're like, this was the day. It was guess. Everyone's like, I think I have a picture of it because we were all so amazed. And I was finally vindicated. And it was the best moment of my entire life. Maybe. Yes. The uh, the one and time you've been proven to be right in retrospect. I, I had I had literally like convinced myself the I guess it's the opposite of Mandela effect. Like I remembered something and people told me I was wrong. And I was just like, I I have to be wrong because that does sound absurd. Like in St. Bonaventure's <laughs> dining hall. There's no way I like remember Bacardi coming out. I was like, I remember this. And they're like. There's no way they had rum in our dining hall and we're making a banana ice cream delicacy. And, and I was like, you guys got to be right. I must have dreamt this. Like, I must have had some crazy drunken stupor dream. Like, I'm fine. I'm wrong. And and then everyone was like, no, no, that happened. That is the story. Yeah. And it's honestly and it so much better than cake. It's great. Well, uh, I'm glad you finally got to partake in uh, in your meal. So, um. All right, so yeah, we have a rather large slate. I actually don't I have all these tabs up, and I don't have the uh, contest up. All right, uh, we have a 12-game slate ahead of us here on Thursday. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we get to the game-by-game breakdown? Yeah, I'm going to try to stream again. Um, I did a test and learn, and the test and learn, I think, went, uh, what, triple the time I expected, but I honestly kind of just threw everything at the wall and was like trying to figure out what I liked and how I like. So it's going to be shorter. I promise. Even though there's way more games, I'm going to keep it under 30 minutes, no matter what, or I'm signing off. So join me tomorrow night, 5, 5, 15. I haven't decided yet when I get out of work and we're going to stream to go over anything else that comes up. Yeah, and that's on uh, DJ's YouTube channel. Um, that's linked in the description of this show. Uh, and yeah, DJ will be there for you if you want more DJ content. So um, that's cool. I, I saw it was 45 minutes and I'm like, uh, you know, I was going to check this out, but there's 30 minutes till the slate you, starts. And I don't and you, re- and so. <laughs> you realize that that is exactly what I, I've told myself. I've te- yeah. I, I, have, I have been telling myself, I guess, and I've talked about it with Jay. I've talked about it with you. And I know how I want to do this. And I had this whole plan in the head. And I, I I, need to figure it out because no one wants to rewatch it. I mean, I, honestly, the viewership is pretty good for me kind of just like putting it up later in the day, whatever. But it's going to be shorter. And I'm going to get it to a point where I really like it. And I think it's super digestible before a slate um, and just hit on the everything that I want to hit on. Um, so it's going to get there. Promise. 
All right. Um, well, in any case, let's let's get into things. I don't have much to share about the week so far. Uh, you obviously noticed there was no Monday show, but um, that was a, it was a weird week as far as the schedule. And uh, yeah, that, that's that's really all I have for you. If you get it in the Discord, um, there is a. Uh, I've brought the sheet back to life. If you remember, um, there is some new uh, reworking of it that that's been done. I, I've integrated Occupy Fantasies index, uh, you know, uh, scores and their projected ownership into the sheet. Um, so you know, tune in on thursday night and i'll have an update there um huge thanks to Octopi fantasy i reached out to brian and was like hey i'm gonna use this like do you mind if i post it and he's like yep just make sure you have this uh, little blurb so there's a blurb down there um i'm in the state i'm in the early stages of getting a referral link for the morning skate podcast if you haven't used the occupy fantasy model we won't talk about it right now but um if you hang out in the discord matt MN Matt uses it um, pretty exclusively and he is an absolute crusher in uh, the mess, you know, in the MME space. So, um, you know, uh, some decent, um, yeah, some decent testimonials coming from the discord. If you haven't checked it out, I'll have a link for you to help you support the show as well. If you want to do that. Um, and yeah. um, anyway. I would say if you're, if you're in the DFS lobby and you see Nolt, it, it's just every time in the top 10, it feels like every single slate when I look mm-hmm. at, so keep it in mind yeah uh, absolutely so let's uh let's get into things the first game up actually let's just quickly go through all the games uh tampa columbus um still no patrick line florida at detroit uh bennett week to week ekman larson took a high hit but he's fine seems could be good to go so keep an eye out for that thursday morning but seems to be no uh ill effects of his high headshot from Charlie McAvoy, uh, LA at Ottawa, LA dealing with the case of the sniffles, bunch of players mispracticed today. Coach says it's no big deal, but you know, it's, it's a weird road trip. And if everyone's sick, I don't know, maybe some, uh, soft, soft skills there to, uh, just gym in Ottawa, uh, Carolina at the Rangers, uh, Natchez line four. We'll talk about it. Um, probably not as bad as you think. Um, Islanders at Washington, uh, Nick Backstrom being shut down, uh, you know, having trouble returning from hip surgery. Anyone who's watched a Capitals game realizes, uh, hey, he's uh, probably not at full health and maybe never will be. So kind of sad to see his career end that way, potentially. But um, other in other news, uh, Wallstrom out, Mayfield potentially back. We'll talk about the impacts of those two as well. Toronto at Boston. We have not seen Toronto, I believe, uh, after getting absolutely mollywhopped by L.A. So we'll see what they do. Boston, uh, Hampus Lindholm should step up to the top power play with no uh, Charlie McAvoy. New Jersey at Minnesota, Matt Boldy uh, in. Dallas at Edmonton, Dallas on a road back-to-back. Montreal at Arizona, Arizona on a home back-to-back. Nashville at Seattle, Winnipeg at Vegas, and Vancouver at San Jose. yeah, nothing on any of those games that really needs to be addressed off the top. So, uh, DJ, any early games stand out to you here? Uh, honestly, I, I kind of like the first one a good decent bit. So why don't we just get right into it? Uh, we'll, we'll go game by game. I'm going to go game by game tomorrow. Okay. There, there couldn't be more of me talking about each of these games uh, or else I, I don't even know. So Tampa at Columbus um, was kind of the first thing I just, you know, I always go through puck luck a few times while I'm doing this. And I believe puck luck has this as the highest total or it's, it's right on the edge. It's right there with the rest of them. 
Um, I know your early look kind of likes this game too a decent bit. Like, I guess it at least thinks Columbus will help push the pace, um, whether Tampa does or not. Like, uh, but I find this game interesting for a few. Like, I, I don't. There's so many studs on this slate that I really wonder like where Kucherov's going to come in at. You know, is Columbus enough to get people to bite at 8,500? Um, I, I don't know for sure, but I, I kind of could see myself making a Kucherov build here um, on this slate and feeling fine bringing it back with something on Columbus. Like there's definitely cheaper pieces. So uh, Tampa seems easy. Like I said, Kucherov, I don't know if I'm going to build without him. Um, are you in on ABB, Barry Boulay in the mix here? Like guy has been good for sure, but is it yeah, five. fire beware? Yeah. Five points in seven games, three goals in uh in his last four. Finally hit the shots bonus last game. He's you know decent, but man, uh, it's it's really tough on this sort of a slate to pay thirty nine hundred for a guy who literally cleared waivers like a month ago. Um, you know, it's it's just not really something that I feel is overly necessary, despite the role. Um, so I still like Kucherov, Stamkos at sixty eight hundred. Clearly, there's um, you know, that there's there's a lot of upside there for the price that maybe offsets some of Kucherov's salary. Um, but but I'll be honest, I'm not huge into this game. You know, I, I post the sheet and the sheet is sorted and whatever else, but I am still really trying to lightly apply those uh, findings into my process. On a 12-game slate, I just think that we only have a handful of games to work off of. And so even though Columbus is like a top two or three matchup, that that's, you know, we know Tampa's not been very good. I still believe they'll figure it out. And if, you know, 20 games pass and I've missed the boat and everyone's just profiting, you know, uh, holding hands on stacking against Tampa, great, good, good for you. But I'm just not going to be doing that. So um, Goudreau, Jenner, Roslovich is the nominal first line. Um, Fantilli, Bemstrom, and Kent Johnson is the second line. If I knew those guys were getting good minutes, I would be highly interested. Um, but we, we just haven't seen it uh, for Bemstrom and Johnson in particular, and they're really not going out of their way to give Fantilli big minutes either. So I'm I'm pretty much just out on this spot. Um, but yeah, Kucherov, Stamkos are always in play. Maybe Braden Point too, but he's you know 7300. Um, but yeah, it's the main guys in Tampa are, are boss for me. Yeah, I think that's very fair. And like I, I'm alluding to, I think there's at least some validity in bringing it back, but I don't even know if you need to. That's fine. Yeah. Um, we can, yeah, we can keep it moving here. We've already gone pretty yep. long. And uh, if you want to get over to Florida, Detroit, where there's definitely some moving and shaking there, and you've mentioned it already, but this game also projects to be a very high total, not the highest by Vegas, but I think second. Um, it's a yeah, minus 125 over six and a half. So third highest projected total via Vegas. Um, but what are your thoughts? I guess well, we could start on Detroit's away. Yeah. No, Florida's away. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, the uh, the Bennett, um, you know, the Bennett return was very short-lived. He stepped on the ice pretty much and got re-injured. So um, unfortunate. But it uh, looks like Anton Lundell steps back into the second line center job. Um, between Kachuk and Verhage. Anton Lindell is 2,900 here. Um, he's played 17 or 16 minutes in each of the last three games. Very clearly a uh, a great way to minimize the salary that you're spending on a Florida stack. Um, you know, I don't think I would play him as a one-off. You know, Matthew Kachuk and Verhage are just so integral to the five-on-five offense that they'll produce that at least one of those guys has to hit for Lundell to really have a game you, you couldn't miss, in my estimation. 
Um, but he's cheap enough and his line mates are expensive enough that I suppose in a pinch, you know, it's fine. Um, I'm expecting Evan Rodriguez to play. There's seemingly no issues with him. Uh, I mean, Reinhardt's been unbelievable for, for this team. He's hitting bonuses left and right. Um, he's scoring. He's being uh, he's being targeted on the power play as like their go-to scorer, which honestly I was not expecting. Um, and maybe it's just a bit of the hot hand and whatnot. Um, but you know, he's scoring at five on five. Nice he's scoring way. everywhere. He's He's great. So 7K for him. Yeah, it's a little gross, but when his line mates are 5,300 and 6,800 and they're all power play correlated, like it seems a little cheap to me. So I give me Florida one here over Florida two. Yeah, no, I, I, man, I honestly could go either way. Uh, I did find it interesting. And I, I think, like, I don't want to say this with like a 100% certainty or B, um, you might watch the game and see something differently because it kind of looks like Lindell was with the first unit and kind of more or less the first guy to come off River Hagee. Uh, they didn't have Ekman Larson maybe at some point because he also like, yeah, sometimes the headshot and yeah, and went off. So yeah, I, I assume he, like if he plays, he'll be there and not Lindell or Verhage, yes. but um, just kind of, again, that's kind of why I'm like, he's out. I really don't know between the two who will be on the first unit and they probably will both see some run. So all that to say Lindell, Verhage, Kachuk, you know, Barkov, Reinhardt, Rodriguez, it definitely feels easier to feel good about that top line, all power play correlated. They've been humming. It's not incredibly cheap, but I still think I could find myself uh, just going for that second line myself. I'll, I'll see, I, you know, I'm going to wait till tomorrow and decide of course, but I really like both a lot. Yeah, and um, Detroit's been one of the weaker teams at 5-on-5 defensively, so that's, um, you know, maybe a little bit lost in their hot start. It's mostly been, you know, a shooting percentage driven. It's not necessarily been defensive play uh, driving their results. So I certainly think, though, that there's uh, some merit going either way um, in this spot. So on the Detroit side, very clearly it's another, you know, pay up for the top line or just, you know, move on uh, for me, but Larkin to break it, Gossip Spare Cider, they all seem fairly priced. Um, if this game goes a little haywire, I would imagine that these are the guys that you will want in, in that case. Um, worth noting, David Perron is now with uh Rasmussen and or sorry, with uh Cop and Comfer. Um, that to me makes Perron a pretty decent play just because you got to expect that if that, you know, if basically in any situation, Perron's going to get the, the ice time because either in a late game situation, he'll be out with the empty net. Um, he's historically been a guy that coaches trust, or if they're trailing, he'll be out there for power plays and for empty net situations. Um, and he's the cheapest member of their top power play unit. So even though he's not been super productive to start the year with only four points in 10 games, I think that at 4,000 perons, like a very, very viable one-off option. And I certainly prefer him over our Lord and Savior, Daniel Sprong. Um, so well, any thoughts on Detroit? I mean, I think that's a pretty good uh, cover there. I mean, I do, I, I, I watched, I don't know why. I, and I know some people might say early on, it was a boring game on, on the score sheet. and ended up getting over that six and a half, but I watched a lot of that Detroit Islanders game and, I just couldn't say enough good things about Sprong. It was it was just like every time he's out there, he's making stuff happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in you know, last game he played seventeen minutes, but exactly, it's it's it, just it, it's so hard to trust it. They they just refuse to, um, they just yeah. refuse to let him run. So, 
Yeah, um, I, I agree. Like there, one game I watch him and it's the best of the next game. I'm like, where the heck? Like he's just on the bench and it, it is very frustrating. <laughs> so I definitely like, I agree with you because Perron's just planted on that first unit. But um, yeah, uh, it, it's definitely one of my favorite games as well. Like we, I feel like every slate, I'm like, I like the late games. I love these first two games. I could definitely go. Uh, but like game stacking, this one just feels really, really hard. Um, I don't even know how you do it, but it might not be necessary. Like you could probably just get away with one team. And if the game is that optimal, like, I don't know how you could possibly afford the whole thing anyways. Um, so anything on that note, or are you ready to move over to LA and Ottawa? Another very, very, this is the highest implied total by Vegas. Uh, wow. That's pretty interesting. So, uh, yeah, I mean, LA heads into Ottawa. Ottawa's in a bit of disarray. Uh, you know, the Ooh, the draft yeah. picks, the, the draft pick getting voided, um, the, the GM getting fired, the owner saying that the NHL lied to him. Like, there, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Um, you know, he doesn't want him, I'll, I'll take him. Yeah, sure. Let me have um, him. Yeah, so Thomas Shabbat remains out. Uh, Artem Zub is game time decision. Um, and... Brandstrom is out so there, there's you know some uh defensive questions for sure on the blue line for Ottawa um LA is quite cheap still like just seems like this is going to go on all year where Dubois and Fiala just feel too cheap for their uh upside and Adrian Kempe uh, maybe he's heating up a bit uh, finally scored his first goal on a non-goalie of the season in Toronto um but yeah, the nice thing about LA too is that you know that you get a very viable third option who's cheap on each of these lines in Byfield, Kaliev, and Laferriere. So yeah, I don't really have a strong lean, but I think for me it's you know LA too. I imagine that throw ownership will go as well. If you want to get creative and you know play power play stacks or you know mix and match, be my guest. But um, I kind of have a feeling ownership is going to be high here, and I simply don't really understand it um like i kind of like dominic kubalik if i'm trying to get a piece of this game but man paying you know paying like 6k for josh norris and paying up for brady kachuk doesn't feel great to me um so maybe it's like auto defenseman or something but uh, how are you attacking this game yeah i think i honestly i i really at the end of the day, if I'm playing Ottawa, I think I'm just I'm, I'm biting the bullet here and playing Stutzel and Zuchuk because I I feel like people are gonna look at this game and they're gonna see you know there is value on both sides and you've named a bunch of that value and I wonder what Brady and Stutzel get to in their in their entirety. Um, the defensemen, as you mentioned, are I mean all of them feel a little cheap as far as uh, you know Chikrin, who was on a power play yeah two with Giroux, Greg Kubalik, and Tarasenko. And uh, Sanderson, who is a little bit cheaper than him and, and was on that first unit with all, all the guys. I don't think I need to name them all. And then a guy they called up, a guy that was kind of a shocking waiver guy at the beginning of the year. People were like, oh, someone should pick up Bernard Docker um, or Bernard Docker. Comes up, minimum salary, 22 minutes. It's a little bit of penalty kill time. I mean, he had five blocks. I'm not saying this guy is like a jam, but if they're going to give him 22 minutes because they just clearly don't have anyone else and, and it's just these are the six they're rolling with the same six i could see it um uh, uh hamannick or is it harmonic hamannick does it matter hamannick hamannick right 3400 like 
I feel like you're kind of paying, you know, you're getting like 900 less for the same play. Maybe, maybe Hamannick's a little bit better. I don't know. But I, I could see where you take that punt, that minimum salary for a guy that's actually getting ice time. Again, I think if I'm playing Ottawa, I'm going all the way, though. I'm not going to mess around and, and play Russian roulette with, with whoever is going to get you know, 16 minutes and a little bit, a little bit of power play time. I'm just going with the guys. Yeah, that's, that's, I think where I'm landing on it. I, I honestly don't mind Jacob Chikrin, uh, 5,900 sort of like, yeah, you don't need to stack him with the big boys. Cause he's not going to correlate them on the power play, but we know that he has goal upside. We know that he has double bonus upside between blocks and shots and he's going to play, you know, upwards of 30 minutes because they have, multiple you know minute eating defensemen out particularly if artem zub misses i'm expecting zub to play um but yeah i mean both hamannick and zub i would imagine get some ownership but again it's you know you got to play something you know who cares if the play is five or 15 percent owned as long as you're being pr- pretty intelligent with how you're constructing your lineup that doesn't really matter on a 12 game slate in particular so um, I really like the Ottawa blue line for getting, you know, value at any price point. Um, and then maybe the LA side to take advantage of that. Um, although, right. like I mentioned off the top, they are dealing with a number of illnesses. So just check, you know, morning skate or whatever coaches comments to make sure that it didn't get worse. Like Kevin Fiala mispracticed, for instance, and it was because he was sick. So, uh, let's move on to Carolina at the Rangers. Uh, nothing new for the Rangers. So, uh, I mean, any interest in Rangers here against this Carolina squad? Um, we know that Carolina has uh, given up goals previously, though in their last two games, um, they've only given up two total goals to, uh, let's see, Philadelphia and San Jose. Yeah, that sounds about right. So how do you feel about the Rangers in the spot? Yeah, I mean, this actually isn't the lowest total via Vegas. It's the second, um, which I was a little bit surprised at. I thought this would be the lowest. So you get to play. I mean, what is the lowest? Do you want to guess? It is the Islanders and Washington it, 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 that'd it be uh very close uh on the number but yes I just yeah, yeah. you want to we'll, well, we're gonna get to it okay but anyways though yeah uh not that interested here in this game definitely the Rangers are are not looking like this is going to be a great matchup and in Carolina it's kind of like hmm not great either as I mentioned yeah. the Rangers are the New Islanders so I don't love this game uh I think you know again it's like saying like it's gonna go overlooked or whatever like I'm saying it should get overlooked and I Imagine largely at will. We did see back at practice, uh, Sveshnikov on the top line with Aho and Jarvis. So we're getting back to normal Carolina for sure. And maybe some people won't pick up on that, but and, and mainly just because even, you know, the Opto bros, this game might not really be optimal for them anyways. So they might just not be jamming it and the casuals might not know. And yeah, but that's about the only note I really have here. Yeah, I'm probably in wait and see mode on Svechnikov. Um, even though he's 6,400, like I'm not that scared of missing out on paying, you know, a pretty decent penny to stack Carolina one. I think straight up, I'd rather play Zabinajad, uh, Kreider, and Panarin over Carolina one. Um, but I don't have much interest in either. Uh, I just think with the Rangers, we know exactly who their quote unquote goal scorers are going to be. Versus with Carolina, I mean, Marty Natchez is on the fourth line. He's being centered by Jack Drury. And I was just kind of curious. Right? I go to Hockey Viz, type in Jack Drury. And what do you know? You know, the the, the analytics think, you know, Mike of stuff thinks that Jack Drury is like a top line caliber player. Just because every time he's on the ice, it's still tilted. Um, 
so like yeah it's just one of those things where like every line could absolutely go bonkers um and so i would rather take the certainty of a different game or of the rangers just you know feeling more certain that even if this team does you know outperform expectations and scores four or five goals i'm not going to get frozen out like i could with carolina where you know it could all be the third line scoring you know we've seen it before we'll see it again and they're not a team that's really gonna you know uh push the tempo if if they don't have to so let's get over to the islanders at capitals um with the nick backstrom news we're getting a third line Connor mcmichael um i think that's interesting long term it hurts his fantasy relevance though at 2800 he was pretty fun alongside kuznetsov he had some decent uh rates but um that dream is dead Tom Wilson, the resurgent Tom Wilson DJ, uh, seven shots and a goal against San Jose. Can he carry it forward playing alongside uh, Strom and Ovi? Who knows? But um, anything on the Washington side before we get to our Islanders? Yeah, well, I was really, yeah, I was pretty bummed to see that news today with Backstrom. Um, well, yesterday when you were listening to this, that that wasn't wasn't my. But I think you covered it, and it's just it sucks. Um, top power play last game was. Uh, Ovechkin, Strom, Carlson, Oshi, who's not soft still. So I, while Tom Wilson, you mentioned it, I know you loved him more than anyone going into the season. Um, not on the top power play. So it is, it is tough for me to bite uh, on him in general, like not really a believer in 4,800 Tom Wilson's going to break the slate myself. Yeah. And the McMichael thing that, that is, that is interesting. I, I love the player. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, that role he was getting with Kuznetsov felt, quite a bit better i i guess i'm a long-term buyer on kuznetsov and they're moving mantha up that's correct uh i think it was kuznetsov mantha and oshi i didn't i didn't jot them down but i believe Uh, that's right i I noticed mantha slid up somewhere be it to mcmichael's line or to kuznetsov's but um i think yeah i think you i I was nearly 100 percent positive and now now i'm trying to track it back down myself but i it's like, does that move it for you in that direction? Or it's again, no, it's kind of, it feels no, like, okay. I'm off the Mantha train. The, the Mantha train has left the station. I will never be getting back on it. He's going to go for 12 points in his next 15 games and be a perfectly cromulent oh. NHLer. And I'm just going to be so sad, but it is okay. what it, it is at this point. It was, it was um, Milano. Milano, because that's often Hoshi. Okay. Mantha Mantha's- and Michael Phillips. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's what it was. Phillips with uh, McMichael and Mantha. And I'm like, yeah, so, Mc, 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 McMichael's going to make Mantha the world's greatest player because that that would be my luck. Um, but Milano, 26. Yeah, no, I we, we've seen it with Washington. He's very rarely cracking the 15-minute plateau. If he gets there, um, then I'll start to consider it. But I'm not, again, I'm not afraid of missing out on some early stuff. I honestly think if you're stacking Washington, it's so easy to just play Strom, Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, you know, the mix in John Carlson if you really want. But um, Strom and Kuznetsov offer a ton of value in cases where Washington scores three or four goals. Um, So, you know, I wouldn't stack them without Ovi, of course. Um, On this big of a slate, it's just so hard to see a situation where those guys are what you need without Ovi doing something. And yeah. at only 8,100, I mean, yes, of course, a lot of it came in one game, but you're still talking about a guy who through eight games has eight points, you know, a point per game player, and he has uh, almost five shots per game. Like, he's just, you know, dead. he's he's still OV, and he's not going to do much, but he's going to do a lot of uh, shooting, and that's what we want for fantasy. So, 
uh, Islanders. Talk to me about your Islanders. Yeah, my, my New York Islanders, uh, I was gutted that they lost that game. I mean, they looked, unre- <laughs> they looked really good. Um, yeah. But alas, uh, when Detroit decides it's Jacob Wallman time, it just becomes Jacob Wallman time. And there's nothing you can do about that in, in, in any capacity. Um, that top, I, I again, but the Islanders, I, I don't think it's going to be brain surgery. It comes with the top power play. Like if they're going to get there, they're setting up Horvat, they're setting up Nelson. Um, you know, Dobson's bombing it from the point. Like it's the same three guys and how you want to play around it. I, I'm not that into the Kyle Palmieri stuff myself, but I believe he's, where the heck is he? I, am I blind? 4,800 yet. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I'm paying 4,800 for him. Like, I think I'm just going the Horvat, Barzal, and Dobson, you know, way if I'm going with it at all. And so, I don't think it's yeah, that overpriced I, to figure out, but Dobson is, is over, overpriced might be a, a nudge far, but he's, yeah. He's so um, we're expecting Scott Mayfield to be back. Um, he's practiced twice now. Uh, over the last two days, so I'm expecting him to play this uh, either Bull Duke. Yeah, Bull Duke played like seven minutes last game. Um, so it's very clear to see, you know, for me at least, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but it's very clear to me what will happen here in that now the Islanders will have their normal blue line back. Um, Scott Mayfield will play a regular shift. He may not play 24 minutes like Noah Dobson was. But he's going to play more than both Duke playing seven minutes. And, and just what that does is it means that Dobson can't be the number one anymore in the way that he was without Scott Mayfield. Um, I would not be surprised if Dobson uh, kept killing penalties. But it's on the table now that Polak, Pelik, Romanov, uh, Romanov, and Mayfield are their PKers. So this is just a huge downgrade to, to Dobson's role for me. Um, the minutes are going to take a hit. The power, the PK, the blocks are certainly likely to take uh, somewhat of a hit. You know, obviously they're very event driven, so it could take a hundred games before you see like the, you know, the 0.75 blocks per game difference that you can project. Um, but these are all very instrumental things. And when the guy's 6,800, like Dobson is, like it's it just clear, I can't chase that anymore. So he still has a lot of upside. He, he's great on the power play. He's very involved on the power play. Um, but he's not like the lock and load one-off piece like I was using him for the last couple of weeks. So there's your warning, but you know, take it as you will. No adopts and rocks. Um, he has tons of upside and you'll be very low owned on this slate. So have at it if you are a no adopts and true there. Uh, anything else? Nope. Toronto and yeah. Boston is very expensive.net. Perfect. Um, yes. So um, no Charlie McAvoy. Hambus Lindholm is 3,700. Um you know, he's going to play all of the minutes. Was uh, it not Shattenkirk on the top power play, though? He, he might be. Yeah, I retweeted actually, it. I mean, did you? Okay. maybe. I I, I'm going to double check. I definitely retweeted their power yep, play. Ch- check I, that. I'm... In any case, uh, Charlie McAvoy on the season is averaging about 24 minutes a night. Um, he obviously is manning the top power play and has manned the top power play all season long. Um, their top power play hasn't used many Charlie McAvoy shots. So I don't think you're talking about a player who, you know, be it Shattenkirk or Lindholm, uh, you're not talking about a guy who's likely to hit a shot bonus, but when you're talking about Lindholm in particular, he's a guy who's going to be out there in every stage of the game, uh, be it the power play or power play too. He's going to be out with empty nets. He's going to be, you know, in position to block shots. So you're getting a pretty noticeable increase in their projections, on the Boston blue line, just in general, I think you could even consider Brandon Carlo. Um, he, he should be a, 
a very uh, a benefactor of the suspension. And uh, we're, we're still going to be without Grizzlick, who's been moved to the IR. Um, Forbert is questionable. So we're talking about all the minutes we can handle on, you know, the the Shattenkirks and the uh, Lindholms in particular. So did you find uh, what you were looking for? Yeah, I, I bummed them both up. Um, I mean, okay. it was Shattenkirk, Pasternak, Saka, JVR, and Heinen. Um, obviously, Heinen was in for yep. uh, Barshan. And then the okay. second unit was Lindholm. Okay, so um, yeah, Shattenkirk then is a fairly good play. I would I would probably say Shattenkirk is a lock if Derek Forbert misses. If Derek Forbert plays, it's pretty likely that Shattenkirk sticks to his normal, you know, eighteen minutes plus power play one role, which is good. It's a very good role. Um, but without that, you know, without Forbert in, uh, Shattenkirk would probably be killing penalties because he would have two AHLers on the blue line. Um, and then he's obviously going to get a ton of five and five run and whatnot too. So um, good call there. Good, good catch DJ. Um, Once in a while. The other things I wanted to point out were the forwards. Uh, they switched up a decent amount on us, uh, you know, uh, with Marchand out, this is not confirmed, confirmed, but like you said, Heinen was seemingly a stand-in for Marchand. Um, he was alongside Coyle and DeBrusque which left uh, Zaka and Pasternak on uh, Matthew Poitois' wing. I honestly don't even remember if that's the right pronunciation, um, but he's sticking with the team. Uh, 4,300 playing pretty much the David Krejci role. Um, I got to say, I'm pretty sure we were playing David Krejci at 4,300 last year before we realized he was dust. Clearly, um, Poitois has some game. Um, you know, the, the players love playing with him. It's pretty clear, though, that he's uh, in for a massive, massive role here alongside Zaka and Pasternak. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of Boston interest for me. I'm interested to see how the defense situation plays out, like I said. And I'm also interested how Toronto plays out, because as far as I know, we didn't get lines from Toronto. And they could throw things in a blender as well, which, you know, to me, makes Boston all the more enticing if they're playing bums like Ryan Reeves on the third line instead of the fourth line and shit like that. So uh, any other thoughts on this game? I think Boston was covered very well. I'm glad we kind of hit on all the notes because that's where my interest is um, for sure. And all of that to say, and I, I'm not sure if you said his name more than once, but I would definitely center it all around Pasternak. Like, I don't think I'm I'm playing Poitras or Poitras or however you want to say it um, without him. Is like, it Poitras? Going... Poitras? Poitras. I feel like it's I feel like it, let's, does hockey does hockey does have pronunciations? I bet they do. Hockey reference, you, sorry. Not hockey, hockey one of those sites does. I think Elite yeah. Prospects does. That's I don't know if it's any good. You do that. Do you want me to keep talking? Quatra. Quatra. That's kind of yeah. Okay, that, was, that was pretty close. Yeah, I think we were both on it. Some I, I, I yeah, I, I watched him score the goal, and I remember it being something of that nature. Anyways, though. Um <laughs> I am going to, you know, Marshan was in practice, double check everything. But I'm including Posternock in the mix. Like I, I just, like, I feel like it's like, oh, I got to yeah. get all my punts from. No, I include Posternock. Just that's the last note there. And I know that you need to really run it back with Toronto. But if there are enough punts out there for you to include it, I mean, I guess you know, buyer beware, like you said, and double check on the lines and whatnot. But you could probably figure out a way to get Matthews in the mix. Um, but I mean, he is he's 9700. It is yeah. pretty freaking steep in a, obviously a, not a great matchup against Boston. So you don't need to do it. Yeah, um, 
yeah, Toronto's just very, very expensive across the board, which, you know, they, they could get there, but it just gets incrementally less likely as the pricing increases. And what that means is you're getting worse players uh, alongside their Toronto pieces. So that, that to me is what it is. It's not that Toronto's any worse, you know, because of the matchup. It's because uh, you're just getting such worse players alongside them, or it just doesn't seem like necessary, um, especially on a slate with so many mid-tier guys that are uh, very good plays. Speaking of which, uh, let's head over to New Jersey at Minnesota, um, where Minnesota will be welcoming back Matt Boldy, uh, a player they desperately need back in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, just to get their power play clicking again, it's been pretty, pretty bad all around for Kaprizov so far this year. Um, 8,300, we're not really getting a discount on him. You know, it's funny to say he's been bad, but, you know, he has nine points in nine games and, uh, what, 37 shots, so four shots per game. Um, but, I mean, the beat writers are writing, oh, you know, he doesn't look good. And, um, you know, six of those points came in two games. Um, so, you know, it's been a very inconsistent year for Kaprizov, let's say. Um so does Matt Boldy being back trigger your interest at 5,900 here in what should be a pretty up-tempo matchup against the high flying devils? Yeah, I know. I think so. I mean, it, I don't know if we got a hundred percent confirmation he's on the first power play, but I just can't imagine there's a scenario where he's not. Um, I didn't see yeah. it listed anywhere. So just let me, it. let me confirm for you that he is on the top power play. It has to be. Would, yeah. That would be, I just didn't uh, see it. that would be a crime if you were not. Yeah. Um, also, I, I guess we're officially on Jared Spurgeon return watch, but I, I think it was kind of hinted at by the coach. It's Ooh, not very wow. likely for this game, but he did practice. Um, he was mixing okay. in, and and then they kind of said after that I he's th- getting close. I but think he's, I think he's barred. Yeah, he can't return until the seventh. So yeah, he's definitely uh, out. Okay, okay, yeah. I, there was something weird, but yeah, fifty nine hundred boldly. Would you? Or like, I guess it's the you know if you're playing boldly, are you throwing in that? Je, you know, the Joel Erickson heck action and saying that, you know, um, they get there together. I, you got to assume the first power play is those two plus Capri's off. Yeah. Plus, um, yeah, Lucarello and then Addison. Yeah. I'd already moved on my thoughts to New Jersey because holy crap, their prices. But yeah, uh, Erickson heck is pretty expensive. I'm not that interested personally, but I totally get why you would do it. Um, I think for me, Boldy's best served as a one off. Um, but, you know, we'll see what the rushes look like and everything. Um, but just if it's the way I'm imagining things, I just don't think that you can make room for 6,700 Ericsson Eck unless you're in like, you know, just unless you're just, you know, spinning the uh, optimizer wheel, just hoping to hit the right combination um, of lines. So on the New Jersey side, we are finally seeing Jack Hughes being priced up um, the way that he's been playing, if that makes sense. Uh, 18 points in eight games. Um, he's 9,500 on the road in Minnesota, his line mates to Foley and Timo 7,800 for to 6,100 for Timo feels like if Timo is going to do something, he's better do it soon. Uh, because I'm having a feeling that he's getting left behind on this New Jersey team and that Jesper Bratt and Nico, Heischer and, you know, everyone else who's there to take the job, uh, will just take it from him and keep running with it. Um, but how do you feel about the Devils in this spot at their prices? Uh, bad. Uh, I, I'm still I'm old enough to remember when Tyler Toffoli was 3600 playing with Jack Hughes. Uh, <laughs> feels like it yeah. was only the beginning of the season, and that is long gone. 
I mean, I, I feel like if you're willing to just say, and I know Ovechkin's been better, but you're like, oh, Ovechkin's a point per game. I mean, Timo Mayer has six assists and eight games and a goal. It's not like he's done absolutely nothing, but certainly does feel like the prophecy that you foretold is foretelling itself um, a, a bit on him. So I'm not saying, of course, that he's been uh, anything above decent, especially when you're playing with that kind of talent. So yeah, not the best. Um, I am not going to spend up on New Jersey. I don't believe here myself. Um, just, it feels like, it feels like you're buying the absolute peak of these players. And, and I, you know, at some point, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that like it has to literally happen, but actually yeah. going to so, have 250 um, points. So in another interesting wrinkle in the devils is that they're really profiling to be a one-line team at this juncture uh nico heischer is out seemingly for the next week plus um uh what i think he took a concussion-ish hit um but in any case that really hurts the value of jesper bratt if he's not playing alongside jack hughes um but it could raise the profile of someone like dawson mercer 3800 for mercer um he could be the second line center. Eric Howell is likely to start as the second line center um, at 4,800. Um, so th- there's just a little bit of uncertainty in the depth uh, pieces of the Devils. So if you are you know, a long-term buyer on a Mercer, Palat, Holtz, um, etc., this could be the time, um, but you're dealing with a lot of uncertainty outside of the New Jersey top line. So I'm out. I think Minnesota's going to be fine. I love that they're getting Boldy back. Um, but yeah, just, just keep an eye on that news if you are interested in this game because there'll be a lot of it that's relevant. All right. Um, Dallas at Edmonton. Uh, do we have Edmonton news? I actually didn't look if they have news. It feels like something I retweeted as well, but I don't know for sure. Um, I mean, we know what Dallas is going to be. So why don't I just talk about them for a moment? Um, yep, go for it. They are currently wrapping up. They're up four to three as we speak at about the midway point through the third period. And you'll never believe it, but hints, Robertson, Pavelski, that's the, that's the line. Um, they're heating up a little bit. I kind of talked about it on my Wednesday stream about like, They've been pretty unlucky and like, it's not been egregious, but it's been enough for me to be like, this is actually kind of interesting. And if you're um, again, a believer in Edmonton's bad, which I'm not, I, I, you know, I'm not saying they're good, but I I don't think they're that bad. I mean, they're not, I'm not that concerned. Like the concern with Edmonton is that their goaltending truly is horrific. And if you know me, I don't buy it. (laughs) I don't care about it. I'm not a goalie guy. So I'm going to say this Edmonton team is better than people expect. And eventually one of these two goalies, hopefully it's Stuart Skinner, can just figure it the heck out. And it won't be a train. I mean, a, I don't even know what you'd call it. I need a new word for how bad of a disaster it'd be if they missed the, if they missed the playoffs. Like I, there's a new word I can't do. Like my brain it can't comprehend it. So I am going to be buying at, I'm not going to play Dallas because Edmonton's going to be fine. Dallas is on a back-to-back. And Matt, if you found any news on Edmonton at this point of what you would play if you were going to play Edmonton, perfect. Yeah, so, so the, the information I'm seeing on Edmonton is their last practice. Um, well, there wasn't anything from today's practice other than that Sam Gagne was with the team. Um, so I don't Eddie think Murray he's going to be fantasy relevant until uh, further notice. Um, but, you know, we've been wrong before. He, he has an eight-point game in his bag, as we've seen. Um, but... 
I think with Edmonton, uh, oh, and I should say McDavid missed the practice we were looking at with uh, dental surgery that he had already planned yeah. or something. So unfortunate, poor guy. Um, but really no uh, concrete updates. I saw something kind of interesting. I mean, like Ryan McLeod somehow is the second fastest skater in the league after um, Connor McDavid or before Connor McDavid. I think it was like, uh, I don't remember. It was... God, I, I tweeted. I put Jay it in Fresh. Discord. Jay Fresh. Yeah, is it, it was not Jay, Jay Fresh. Fresh. Okay. Yes, it was him. And it was like, you know, Ryan McLeod hit 20 miles per hour more often than, you know, any other player besides maybe McKinnon. Um, but he's just not getting the role as they go 12 and 6. So that's unfortunate. Um, and yeah, McDavid and Dreisaitl are obnoxiously expensive. I'm keeping an eye on if we get a morning skate on Thursday with good reporting. Otherwise, you know, it's another slate where Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl could kill you. But if they get 25 points apiece, odds are at their salaries, that's not putting the slate away. So they truly need to hit 40, you know, 50 um, on a per player basis to really make it them a had to have it stack, which I love. I think that's the right way to price them. Um, but I'm pretty interested in this spot. You know, you were talking about Dallas and I think that their price drop, uh, overnight is rather interesting. I understand goalies don't matter, but you know, at the same time, um, it's not like Edmonton's a team that we're like confident in defensively. So, you know, why is Jason Robertson only 7,200 when Nikita Kucherov is 8,500? Like it really can't be just matchup driven. And no. if McDavid's doing this stuff, you got to imagine that Robertson's getting a ton of ice time as well. So um, I'm pretty in on Dallas here, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, to, to, to me, it's the, the question that we're going to figure out over time is, is Edmonton actually somewhat confident, competent defensively, or have they been trailing in so many games that it's just making them look a little bit more confident because they're I, like again when you're trailing it just yeah. kind of feels like teams are not going to be taking as many low calorie shots and uh but that's kind of just reducing the course against and whatnot so i don't have an answer yet um i honestly think i'm rather side with the goaltending will be better and edmonton will also not be porous defensively it's kind of the angle i'm going with based on you know ekholm and nurse and and you know bouchard being good and i guess Cody CC's playing, but whatever. Um, yeah, I'm. I can move over. I, I like. I, said, I think I'm just. I'm not spending my cap on this game because even though I, I agree, like Dallas is fairly priced. So what? Like right. it's still like it's still a ton of your cap. Like I, I would say that they are maybe too cheap. Well, they still need to smash to win a 12 game slate, and I just don't buy it myself. Like that's what I'm saying here. All right, you don't well, have to play a value. Keep going. Okay, yeah, we have like five games left, right? Four games left? Uh, yeah, four, four games. games. Left. Well, let's keep going to Montreal and Arizona. Arizona playing on a back-to-back here, but, um, you know, uh, Barrett Hayton is somehow taking the prior, the majority of the shot attempts on the power play for the Arizona Coyotes and has zero points through uh, now nine games. It, yeah, um, he didn't get one yet, right? I thought. Uh, who got the second goal? Actually, I don't know. I, I, I was wondering about that. that. Uh, Cooley see. from O'Brien and Moser. Okay, never mind. I thought I knew, yeah, Cooley, but yeah, does not. Okay, it, so you are still correct, sir. Perfect. Okay, so yeah, um, that's obviously going to break soon. But Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz are not cheap, so I'm just kind of uh, a little skeptical there. To me, the the, the clear 
you know, I'll just keep doing what I have been doing. But Lawson Kraus, uh, Nick Bukestad playing alongside Matias Michelli, those two guys just should not be as cheap as they are. Um, uh, you know, they're not going to put up 30 more than likely, although, you know, Carcone put up 50 the other night. So anything can happen anywhere. Um, but they're just too cheap. They're good rate shooters. They have literally double bonus potential at sub 4K and they correlate with one another. Like, I just, I think that's a reasonably sharp way to go. Um, and you could even include Michelli on a slate of this size, you know, 12 games if he gets you nine, nine and a half, you know, a few shots and an assist. That's probably good enough, assuming that Bukestad and Kraus each score or something. Like, it's not going to kill you. So that's where I'm going. I'm just going to keep playing those guys until it's more expensive because they're getting decent minutes. They're killing penalties. They're on the second power play unit. They're, you know, in a good matchup too. So that's my interest. Uh, any any Arizona 1 takes from you or Montreal interest? Uh no, I think I think you kind of said it. Like by talking about Hayton, it's kind of the perfect encapsulation. Like at some point that I, I think I actually said it last time we talked about them. It's like I know it's gonna kill me one day. Is it today? And I just keep betting against it. And I I've on I don't think I played Arizona. I and I talked about I know I talked about it. like I want to play it. I wanted to play it. Was it Wednesday? I don't even remember. No, it couldn't have been. Or Tuesday. Yeah, it was Tuesday. And this could be one you jump on it, but again, it's all the way or it's out on Arizona. Like you go all the way out on line one or you just don't play it at all. But I think I'd rather, and I really like in this matchup for a cheaper price playing Suzuki Caulfield. Um, yeah, I get, I really think that's going to enter in my mix uh, heavily. Matheson did play against Vegas um, 22 minutes. So basically back to normal-ish and, you know, he had some shots and some blocks. He didn't have a point or whatever, but 6,300 is quite a bit steep for him i don't know if it's quite i could say it's warranted that feels eh um so yeah i i'm looking at this is to be caulfield and i'm fine honestly just playing both of them uh it was harvey pinard that was the third guy in right yeah 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 whatever yeah yes not no thank you yeah um so i'm fine with just playing suzuki caulfield and moving on uh, yeah, uh, Sean Monahan has been a revelation so far this year, but he's been priced up to 5K. So, like, yeah, <laughs> you kind of missed the boat there, it feels like. Um, but, yeah, you know, uh, late slate or whatever, maybe consider him just because he's uh, looked apart. He looks, you know, like very good, uh, which was not a given, given uh, his injury history and uh, how long he was on the shelf. So Nashville at Seattle, um, yet another uh, Tolvin and Revenge game. Uh, let's see how the one earlier this year went. Uh, yep, he played 13 minutes, had one shot, two blocks, four fantasy points. Great. Um, but here Seattle is playing with Jared McCann, Yanni Gord, and Ely Tolvanen on, again, their nominal third line. But they roll the lines. Uh, we know how it goes in Seattle. Um, you like the players there. Yanni Gord is a decent value. Tolvanen seems too cheap for his upside and the revenge spot. So it seems kind of sweet. Um, any other interest on the Seattle end from you? Uh, nah, honestly, I don't really think so. Um, I was trying to find something. It, like, it's this game, like, it feels like they're, they're, it could be more interesting that meets the eye. Like, it, it kind of like, but I don't know what it is. I really don't. And I'm just, I, I don't want to get burned again by playing Seattle Roulette. Um, it feels like it's just going, it, it's just fancy or less fancy Carolina. I don't know. Carolina with extra steps. I don't know what the right words are. I, I just don't, 
cheaper a little bit, but not really. I, I just, I don't think it's winning you a slate, honestly, tonight. Um, but if I was going to do it, you know, gun to head, I, I think I just go with the McCann route and hope that um, you know, McCann court and Tolvin and get there. But a gun's not yeah, tonight was, right now. I was surprised last late to see how owned Bjorkstrand wound up being. Um, you know, he's playing alongside Beneers, I believe. Yep, um, yep, yep. And, and to the karate kid. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I would expect Bjorkstrand's line to pick up the ownership. I just, I have no interest in that. I mean, Maddie Beneers at 4,700. Had a, just the doesn't. most ozone starts by a decent bit on offense. Like it was just Bjorkstrand, Beneers, and, and the karate kid. Yeah. That, yeah that's sense. what they did. And, and I get it. Uh, the minutes were a little bit less than others, but. They were very much seemingly pinned in their in their uh, D zone after they got that lead. So yeah. um, that's I think, but diminish the minutes more than anything is that just is not going to be your shutdown line when you have Weinberg and Gord, unfortunately for Veneer. Uh, so I'm not afraid to go to it at all. Is my point here, but again, I'm not really that interested in the game in its totality. And on the other side, you know, I, I'm still mad at Philippe Forsberg, but I, I can forgive and forget, you know. I said to this guy, just give me over three and a half shots. I win money. And he said, what about zero? Tough. Hit the post once. What are you going to do? Um, but I just, I, I feel like, again, like, okay, fine. Is Evangelista interesting to you at all? Are you, are you, what's the price now? Are we, are we getting priced up? No. Yeah. 4,300. 4, like the minutes have been better the last few games, but I don't really trust it. And the price just doesn't really match the production. Okay. That's the, probably the correct answer. Uh, yeah. I just, <sighs> ROR, Forsberg, and Yossi. Like you're going to spend a metric ton of your cap on Forsberg and Yossi <laughs> against Seattle. Just, I'm not. Yeah. So we can, we can scoot over. Unless if you have uh, Tommy Novak takes or uh, Colton no, Sissons uh, broke the slate. Didn't he win the slate? He did. He, he won some serious money the other night. Good, good so, for those people. Good for those um, people. Yeah, hey, uh, Jack Eichel, 7,500 here, taking on Winnipeg. Um, yeah, guess what I'm going to be doing? Playing I Jack wonder. Eichel. Uh, dude is just, you know, still producing on a nightly basis. Really hasn't ceilinged in the last uh, little stretch. He hit 31 against Anaheim, the third game of the year. Um, but otherwise, point per game, shooting a ton, playing a ton, you know, killing penalties, doing everything we want to see from a Jack Eichel. And he's not priced like the superstar that he is, you know, not to mention he has a great matchup in my estimation. Um, so, yeah, March or so, 6,300, Shea Theodore, 6,200. All good. All good for me here. Um, I'm not worried about Shea Theodore. It seems like he's just carving out a role for himself. Uh I think I said this on our spaces, maybe. I don't even know when it came up. Uh, but uh, as long as uh, White Cloud remains out, and actually Nick Hay now is going to be out too. So, um, you know, as long as you don't have a third pair, that's the Hay-White Cloud pair, Theodore's just going to pick up a lot of five and five minutes that he otherwise wouldn't with the Hay-White Cloud pairing. So um, I like Shea Theodore until White Cloud's back. I really see no end to his price that I would play him at. Like, even though Noah Dobson, you know, oh, 6,800, that's too expensive. Hey, guess what? Shea Theodore, we say it uh, during the offseason, or I said it, but Shea Theodore, last three years, top five defender in shots, top five defender in points at five on five per 60 minutes. So you're talking about an elite producer on an elite team, just 
give me all the Shay Theodore. It, it makes too much sense to me. So let's just keep rolling it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just, other than Eichel, Marcheseau, Theodore, and, you know, if you want to throw a, a little something at Barabanov because you're a sick puppy, you can. It's up to you, oh, I guess. Are you, are, um, you, are you really going to call him Barabanov now? Is this really going to be your new mental bar, block? Bar, bar, Barabanov? Barbish. Barbish. Oh my God. Wow. That one was literally not on purpose at all. That, that, that one, not, not that they're ever really on purpose. Um, just like that one was interesting. That's a new one. Yeah. Barbashev. Barbashev. Yeah. Uh, Barabanov's hurt, right? Didn't he get hurt? Uh, well, we'll get there. Okay. Um, um yeah. Uh, yeah. Barbashev. I'm never gonna make that mistake again. It's the one and only time. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, yeah. He's 3,700. So I, I just feel like if Eichel and Marcus get there, like it, it would make enough sense to me that he could be involved. Uh, not on the first power play. Second power play is the barber, if you will, Barbashev. Uh, he's got his nickname. I just made up right now. Um, so, yeah. And I also wanted to mention that I was like, I'm not betting Jack Eichel over three and a half and he had four shots on goal all in overtime. So you're um, welcome. Yeah. By the way, uh, Barbashev's nickname is actually Barbie. So uh, you're right. It is Barbie. <laughs> Uh, I'm not yeah. the Blues Brothers. Um, okay. Thanks. I will not be yeah. playing Winnipeg. Um, cool. You know, I don't play guys against Vegas. I've said it multiple times, but no changes there. Kyle Connor, Alex, I follow Mark Shifley on the top line, top power play. Nick Ehlers should be on the top power play as well, being on the second line. But yeah, uh, play them at your own risk. Nick Ehlers has three straight games of hitting the shots bonus, uh, goals in two of those three. Um, so hey, might be time to play Ehlers roulette and hope that he doesn't get benched in the second period for a lazy line change. But it is unbelievable um, that he has 13 minutes, 20 and 13 and hit the block like air shots bonus. And it rescue him. I don't know who somebody save my friend. He needs it. I love him. Said it's his year, eight years in a row. I think before he even was drafted, it's gonna happen. Okay. We can move on. Yeah, I'm not playing yeah. Winnipeg, by the way. I guess, you're, I guess you're wondering, I'm not playing Winnipeg. Um, we okay. can move over to the final game. Final game. Uh, Vancouver, San Jose. Uh, Elias Patterson, 7,700, coming off of a hat trick. Uh, very similar to Eichel. Just it seems like these superstars being priced up across the slate. You know, Hughes, Matthews, McDavid are all approaching 10K now. And you can't get these two guys above 8K? Like, I don't know. It seems seems like the value spot to me. Um but Pedersen mispractice on Wednesday, uh, presumably maintenance, they said. Um, yeah, they did. You know, worth keeping an eye on, but he sh- should be playing alongside Kuzmetsov. <laughs> I did it. I did a DJ. Uh, Kuzmenko and Mikheyev. Um, Mikheyev has been very strong uh, in his return from uh, the IR, or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I don't mind paying 4K for Mikheyev and obviously 4400 for Kuzmenko. Um that the ceiling is there, the floor definitely not, but in stacks, you know, all you care about is a uh, ceiling. So I like that stack a whole heck of a lot. Uh, any other Vancouver takes before we get to San Jose? Uh, I he honestly summarized it perfectly. I, you know, I was buying on Pedersen to start the year. I bought on him on on the hat trick night. Uh, just didn't quite have all the stuff you needed, but you definitely needed him. And I, I just exactly what i was thinking before we started this game was man does this feel just like jack eichel and you just exactly said it like it's actually pretty funny um and then i was going to mess up kuzmenko's name and you did it for me it was actually crazy how that worked out 
Um, and, you know, JT Miller, Brock Besser are at least mentionable. I know they didn't get there last late. Um, I, I, JT Miller has 13 points in nine games, though. Like, not a bad hockey player. Um, he had 13 minutes last game, but he also was in the penalty box quite a bit, as he's one to do. So yeah, he got uh yeah, we, we had a whole Discord uh showdown about JT Miller and he comes out of the third period and scores immediately because you know I I just live to suffer. Um, uh yeah, but... I went I went five Vancouver, so obviously I had Besser as well. And I, you know, I was happy about that because it got me moving forward, but I just I was never gonna get there. Um, right. but again, it's not like it's unplayable either, but I just don't know how you look at that Pedersen price and say, hmm, I'm gonna go with uh, JT Miller. Okay. Yep. The San Jose side of things, uh, as I mentioned about, you know, the guy who was just on my mind, Barabanov, um, he is on IR now. So not that San Jose has scored more than I don't even think they've hit the 10 goal mark yet in uh, how many games? Nine. Yeah. They have to have, right? Did they, did they hit the 10 goal mark now? Uh, I think they have nine goals in nine games. Like that shouldn't be allowed. Yep. Nine goals in nine games. Yeah. Needless to say, um, no one's probably going to be playing them, but um, yeah, I was going to get to the lines. Duclair, Hurdle, Zutterland, Hoffman, Granlund is back. I think he was back last game with Kunin and then Zadina, uh, Sturm, and, Le- and LeBanc. Uh, but again, it's A, none of those really feel incredibly first line, and I don't think they really cared enough to give us any feeling of like, oh, this is going to be the line that we're going to run. They're, it kind of feels like they have a lot of reclamation projects they're kind of mixing in. And giving minutes to, and it's an absolute nightmare there. Um, Matt, you've been wanting to say something. Yes. Um, I'm just trying to think of the best way to say this. Um, um, San Jose might not be terrible. They are terrible, but they might not be terrible. They have been actually fine and producing chances. Now you mentioned this uh, a bit earlier. You mentioned something about how a team was, you know, always trailing. And so their numbers might look better than they actually are. Um, But San Jose's underlings have really come back to the surface their last handful of games. And remember they had an obnoxiously difficult start to the year. They started out uh, Vegas, Colorado at home, Austin, Carolina at home. Then a five-game road trip to Nashville, Florida, Tampa, Carolina, Washington. Um, And it was in those five games where they actually came back and looked somewhat respectable in the underlings. You know, it hasn't shown up on the score sheet, but it will. Like, these guys have to score eventually. Like, you know, they're not going to score one goal a game for the rest of time. And when they do, guess what? You know, Tomas Hurdle... 5,400 is still their main guy. He's playing 20 minutes a night. He's on the power play one with uh, Duclair and Zetterlin, his five-on-five line mates. And those guys are professional hockey players. Like, it is very clear to me that paying uh, whatever it is, 8K, about 14K, less than 14,000 for a hurdle first line stack that's power play one correlated is going to pay off sooner than later. Just don't I mean I guess I shouldn't say don't miss it but don't be surprised when you know they're they're sitting there and they're a cheap stack and they get there and you're like yeah why didn't I consider the dude who's historically a very good player um so that's all I'll say San Jose doesn't look terrible and they had an obnoxiously difficult start and you know now they're at home they're getting softer matchups um you know let's give them some time to see if they can actually get something going yeah um Two, two, two notes. Uh, Uckland was under the weather. I didn't name him, so he could play. So keep an eye out for what the changes yep, would he, be. 
he could also screw up the power plays too. So check that out. Yeah, check that out. But they did have Burroughs, uh, Kyle Burroughs on the top power play. So they did have a defenseman there. And honestly, this guy is like not been that bad, uh, all yeah. considered. You'll never guess how many points he has, Matt, but his blocks and shots numbers are pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, so if I mean, he gets a point thing. in that mix, like he's hit the 10 mark in fantasy points and obviously has zero goals and zero assists. Um, I, I feel like I agree that like there's playable pieces here. I'm just not loading up, uh, you know, oh, 14K for four guys. Well, I'm not doing it. Like I, I could see myself playing Duclair Burroughs and, and, you know, that's, I think, fair. And maybe Hurdle too. Like three is, but now I'm already getting queasy. Like I'm already starting to feel sick to my stomach. So I don't know. Um, but this it's a mentionable team. They should be mentioned. They exist. Yeah. They play a minute. Yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's entirely fair. So um yeah, I think that's it. I don't really have much else to say. Um, Top well, sex guarantee goals. Let's get out of here. I mean, I could rip both mine right now if you're ready, but I'm All gonna right. go one at a time. I'm gonna go one at a time and I'm gonna take Vancouver. Uh, one that was that was going to be my favorite sack of the night and uh not much has changed okay um i will grab um i'll grab boston one uh Ooh. as we figured out um pavel zaka and pasternak i think you're safe to leave off zaka in all honesty and tack on a shattenkirk i think you can play shattenkirk and uh, Lindholm to be honest together like you're just taking a block and hoping that one of them hits a bonus somewhere and the other one gets a couple points or somehow they you know they, they they could both get points of course if Boston scores four or five so um I like stacking Boston one around Pasternak um this Potois kid seems like he's pretty good so let's uh let's keep riding it out 4300 on the slate okay um I'm gonna you know I would I would rather do a four-man Vancouver and do a two-man Montreal for, for my two stacks, you know, uh, Suzuki Caulfield. If you had all the money in the world and you have a defenseman slot open, I guess, sure. If Matheson is, I mean, he could be a guy you needed. I, I feel like it's just playing a little bit of a uh, poor man's Noah Dobson, maybe, or a poor man's Shea Theodore a little bit, and they're priced all the same. So you don't need to, is, is the point I'm making there, but um, I, I really think this Suzuki Caulfield thing could be interesting. Like we talked about Suzuki being like a better rates player. Um, it's not blowing the doors off by any stretch, but it's just getting better and better. I think he's gaining more and more confidence as a shooter. And I'm going to start to uh, start to just consider that as like, it could end up turning into the premium stack and it's just not priced like it should be. Um. Okay. So Let's uh, keep things somewhat interesting. I could just say Vegas for the 19th show in a row, but <laughs> I don't really, I don't really want to do that. It seems kind of boring. Um, I'm going to go with Florida one, uh, Barkov, yeah. Reinhardt, and Erod. Um, you can mix in Ekman Larson. I think 4,500 is about as much as I'm willing to pay for Ekman Larson, so it's fine. But any more expensive, and I'm just kind of like, nah. I'll take the dudes who I know are you know more integral to their offensive success. I think it's really good. Um, you got a first guarantee goal when you're ready? Uh, yeah, Matt Boldy. He's scoring 5,900. Uh, missed some time. He's back. Uh, Minnesota's going to be clicking on the power play when Matt Boldy, as the trigger man, will finally begin his uh, assault on the NHL this season. Well, welcome. Welcome back. Um, uh, I'll go with... 
there's a few different guys here. I'm kind of looking between. Um, why not? You know what? Barrett Hayton's gonna score. Let's let, let we gotta buy on the right day. I'm gonna go Barrett Hayton. I love how you literally scrolled to my salary that I had left, and we're like, let's pick. Did you really? Oh crap! Did you gonna pick him? You could. I could switch. I I no, honestly, I, was, I, I, I I wasn't even looking at was, salary yet. I was, I was just not like, going to pick him. Let me let me be clear. I literally um, like. Yeah, I guess we really did do that. Didn't we? I wasn't even looking at salary. I was like, yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine. I was gonna say Matt the Chuck, and then I was like, I don't know if I can do. I could, but not really. No. Yeah. All right, uh, let's go Dylan Strom, 4,900, playing alongside Ovi. He's got uh, six goals in his last five games, uh, goals in three straight, but playing 21 minutes a night, uh, he's on the power play one where he's you know uh, being left alone because guess what? Teams still care about Ovechkin. Um, and with no Nick Backstrom, he's stepped into that power play one role. He's obviously looked good. So uh, keep it rolling, Dylan Strom, 4,900, guaranteed goal. Okay, Um I'll go. I'll go Carter Verhage. I mean, you didn't include him in yours. Um, I I liked Matt the Chuck a lot. That was another guy. I'm like, man, this this is both of them really though. I feel like both of them just haven't quite performed um, up to the level I know they're capable of. And and maybe there's a little bit more run for this Verhage the Chuck thing. Uh, yeah, Peyton Verhage, Boldly and Strom, and then we'll get you on out of here. All right. Uh, yeah. Make sure you check out uh, DJ's YouTube channel. Follow him on Twitter at DJ underscore Mitchell 94, uh, where he should be going live for another slate preview on Thursday. More bets and stuff, if that's what you're interested in. Um, and yeah, I'm at Fake Moods. Um, the podcast is at Morning Skate Pod and DM us if you want to get in the Discord. Um, the main thing there is, you know, I'll post my sheet in uh, the Discord. So that's where you'll see it. Um, get in there if you want to have access to sort of a slate overview with some ownership uh, summaries and some, you know, uh, where are the best plays, not necessarily who they are, you know, uh, that's paywalled on sites like Occupy Fantasy, but summarizing it in a way that's like, what teams should I be looking into, I think is a better way to go about things anyway, um, just because, you know, well, we know the sport of hockey is pretty volatile, so find the good spots, pick the best plays from those spots, and uh, hopefully win lots of money. So uh, we will see you in the lobbies on Thursday night. DJ, any final words? Uh, go Sabres. Yes, absolutely. Um, getting railroaded by the, the Philadelphia Flyers, but who cares, baby? Stanley Cup 2024, it's ours. All right. From Doug, from DJ, from myself, thank you for listening. Have a good slate, everybody, and we will see you.